As a true crime podcaster, I have heard the saying a hundred times, why true crime now? Usually it is from someone who has no idea about true crime or how it's been fascinating people since, I don't know, forever. May 18, 1927, Bath Township in Michigan was rocked by an attack on a school. To this day, it is still the deadliest attack on a school. In the days following the massacre, Bath Township was overrun by 100,000 people looking to get a look at the aftermath. So why true crime now? My answer is, it's always been here. Hello, and welcome to the Macaw Family Podcast. I am your hostess, Stephanie, and today I am here with... Mom! Mom's here. You usually say mom, and I go, hello! I switched it up. <laughs> I guess. You scared the crap out of me. What the hell? If that scares you. <laughs> Every- <laughs> so today we're going to do a lesser known story, which I told you, I'm assuming you've never heard of it. Never heard of it before, but that wouldn't be the first one. Yeah. I can't even remember ones I listened to yesterday for crying out loud. <laughs> come on. Come on. I think it's kind of important because, I mean. This, Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a school. School massacre. They call it a they, disaster. It stop. It really doesn't. And what I what I don't. All right, shall we go on already? I guess it's like I think they ought to make more charter schools, just because I don't think we ought to put all our eggs in one basket, so to say. Yeah, but there's no money for charter schools because I don't think they're funded by the state. Oh, safety of children is at a cost. It is. Change the world we live in today. Dun dun dun. So I'm, anyway, I'm going to cite my sources before we get into it. Uh, BassSchoolDisaster.com, LegendsOfAmerica.com, newspaper articles, and two podcasts that covered the pay, uh, the case. Last podcast on the left and Monsters. Do you know when the first school massacre ever occurred? Yeah, this. This was the very first? I do believe, yeah. Okay. I was just curious how many years that we've been living with this and really nothing has been done. No, I mean, this is a big, this is a bit different. This isn't a uh, student doing it. No, but some of them aren't. I mean, yeah, but this is. Just random? Yeah. Yeah. So we can get right into it if you'd like. Yeah. Andrew Kehoe was born in Michigan on February 1st, 1872 to parents Mary and Philip. Andrew had 12 brothers and sisters. Well, I mean, back in the 1800s. I know. They had to uh, People needed to work the farm, (laughs) literally. Um, Andrew's father was married to another woman before he was born. Mm -hmm. When she passed away, he married Andrew's mom. Okay. So how many? I think he had four siblings before that, and they were all girls. And the rest of them were were from the new wife. Kind of. So there's 12 altogether. Total. Total. 13. 13. 13. Okay. Yeah. Leaving Philip. the the daughter. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) So once she passed, his first wife passed away, he married Andrew's mother, Mary, and had more kids, including Andrew. When Andrew was in his teens, his mother died, and Philip got married again and had another daughter. Oh, so they just kill him off. That's what you think, but no, I mean. Not in that, not in that era. There wasn't medical. No. Not like today no (laughs) andrew was not happy with this and it seemed to hate his new stepmother he went to michigan state university to study electrical engineering and this would become his passion 
He tried to make it in St. Louis, but ended up failing, uh, falling, sorry, while working and hitting his head bad. So bad that it said he spent two months semi-conscious. Ooh. What does that even mean? A coma? Why can't they just call it a coma? Because they probably didn't have coma back then. Semi-conscious. He was kind of there. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I said, I think it's like a coma. After his accident, he ended up moving back to his dad's farm to help out his dad and apparently to stare angrily at his stepmother because he hated her. Oh, my God. I don't think that's really what happened, but I thought it was funny to say. Uh, one keep day, it going, keep it going, keep it going. <laughs> September of 1911, there was an explosion in the kitchen of the Kehoe home. They had a gas stove in which explosions were common. Mm-hmm. So, like actual gas. Yes. Not like propane, but like really? gas. Yeah. Like a gas stove. You show, well, that's what they used to call gas stoves. Propane. But, I mean, we no. All, that's how come I still call it gas. They know, I guess, they, like it was legitimately gas. People would catch fire all the time. And cook with gas? I guess. I don't oh know. Oh my God, I have to look that up. Look it up. But this was like a huge thing. People would like prime their stoves and shit and then oh, catch yeah. on fire. Like they try to prime it or, or light it. I don't know. People were catching fire all the time. There'd be explosions all the time. So this was in 1910. So look it up. 1910. Well, usually there there would be. I mean, so this was new. I guess steel, gas, and electricity. Yeah. So I think it's the gas. I don't. I I never heard it. Gas. Well, let's see. Gas is the American gas. She's looking that up. Well, I have to find out. No, no, no. That's fine. I'll continue on. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like gas. <laughs> I'm sure it was a different kind of gas because 1911. I mean, cars weren't that prevalent back then either. Oh so, my God. hearing his stepmother's screams, Andrew came running or walking, depending on how you want to put it. And then he decided, as an, an adult male, to throw water on her with the gas. Yes. Oh my God. So that obviously didn't work because it it's was just a gas like fire. oil. Yeah. Well, that's well maybe it. it was. So maybe it's oil. Well, no, if, if, it's, ga- if, it's, if it's gas. Yeah, that's what they said. The ga- propane, not propane, but yeah. the liquid gas. Yeah. Then it's an oil base. Yeah, he threw water on her. So it's just going to. Yeah, no, that's what happened. Oh, my God. So she so, died. Yes. But. So he, he killed her. I mean, I don't know. But he, you smother a fire. You don't throw water like a, a gas no, fire. You gas cannot, fire, you don't. No, yeah. exactly. As an adult male. It's just going to spread. But you would have known really, that. But we really didn't learn this until. He was an electrical engineer, let yeah, me yeah, remind true. you. <laughs> true, true. Everything because Andrew did, he knew about. We throw baking soda on any yeah. flames on the stove. So regardless. funny story. I remember my stove caught fire when I lived in Rye and Whitney was over. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> flour. You too, I can see it yeah. now. <laughs> I flour. threw flour on it. <laughs> it's white. It'll work. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something. I mean, Andrew would have known. Don't throw fire on a gas don't throw, throw water, water on him. <laughs> <laughs> so this is all speculations. Uh-huh. But there are also rumors that he's the one that set the stove oh. up to, to blow up. You were talking about, okay, years ago, mm-hmm. you were saying gas, thinking it's liquid gas, like gasoline. Yeah. But gas, I believe they're still talking about propane. Maybe. Because but- they don't, the reason why they blew up a lot, because right now we've got an electric start. So yeah. when we turn it, it goes tick, 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 yeah. tick, tick. So back then they'd and had to light they it themselves. They had to light it themselves. Yeah. Okay. But 
in all that time, there's usually um, where the pilot comes out. Yeah. Pilots sometimes Go out. get blown out. Yeah, stuff like that. Stuff like that. So that's why you get a lot of uh, blowing Explosions. up in the face. Yep. No, yeah, you she, got one. She caught fire. Did she really? Yeah. Opened up the gas. Opened up the gas stove, and it went poof, and she was singed her eyebrows, Jesus her hair. Christ. Her, it was horrible. I was too, 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 too young. Too young. Real young. Yeah. But anywho, go ahead. Um. So yeah, there's speculation he caused the fire too, yeah. like to, to blow up in her face. Uh he. Pretty much enhanced it. <laughs> when this happened, Andrew went to a neighbor's house, calm as could be, because he they didn't have a phone, so he had to go find right, a phone. Right. He calmly called the uh, told them to call over the doctor, and not not any kind of so, fire service. And then he turned around. And he's like, "Oh yeah, maybe a priest too." <gasps> yeah, because she was obviously dying. Oh my god! The neighbors found this, his lack of urgency odd. His stepmother passed away the next day, so she. Like writhed in pain mm-hmm. till she died mm-hmm. with her flesh like melted mm-hmm. off burnt right off yep because i mean back then there was nothing they could do no Ugh. shortly after this in 1912 andrew met nelly prince his wife oh so thing. he's older now they met in college but andrew was 40 years old when he married nelly who was considered a spinster at the time because she was in her early 30s but he had all the kids so no, he didn't have kids. Oh, shit. He is one of the kids. Yeah. But he was 40. So a oh year after his stepmother died, he was 39 when he yeah. threw the water on her. Yeah. You you knew better. You know better. At 39? Yeah. 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 Yep. They ended up moving to Bath, Michigan about seven years after they married because a family member of Nellie's died. So they bought the farm and they had to pay Nellie's family the mortgage. Yeah. They have to buy out. Yeah. Before we get into anything about their life in Bath, I want to talk about what kind of place Bath was. Bath was a civil township, and it is located 10 miles from Lansing, Michigan. Okay. Basically, a civil township is what we call a town here now. Right. It is civil township, I guess, is more of a Midwestern set uh, saying. It usually means a town has less than 2,500 people. Oh, wow. They So townships are less than 2,500 yeah. people. We still have townships in the state of Maine. Do we? Yep. We're not, though. No. no. Uh, the, this township covered 31 square miles. The small unincorporated village of Bath was within its borders of the township. Yep. They would call it a village because it's a small community and rural area. Yes. So I guess Southbrook probably would have been a village back in the day. Because mm-hmm. it's used rural. to call it the Berg. <laughs> um, because of the rural area and lack of residents, the schools were just a bunch of like one room schoolhouses for yep. all ages all around. Yeah, I and, was gonna say they yeah. wouldn't be shipping them off. They have no no ride your horse. Yeah, pretty See much. See you tomorrow. In 1922, Bath Township voted to build the Bath Consolidated School. When the school opened, it had 236 students. 236. That's a lot for from a for the area. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody can. You know what I mean. Yeah. But a lot of people had a lot of kids. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> true. This is where we're going to jump back to Andrew and Nellie Kehoe. When they arrived in Bath, they were very welcome because Nellie grew up in the area and everyone remembered her and was welcoming when she moved back. Oh, the perfect little princess. Andrew, well, she's not, I mean, nice, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Andrew was willing to help his neighbors at the time. He was good with electrical because of his degree. So whatever anyone needed, he was there to give a hand. Awesome. Awesome. Although things started out great, we wouldn't be talking about this if it, Oh, he seemed like Stayed a good great. fella. Andrew became known for being very frugal. 
He didn't like to spend money on anything. He's an electrician back then. <laughs> Priests came to their land looking for money for the new church in the tune of $400. Oh, Oh, no. What did yeah. he do? In the early 1920s, I guess that was a lot of money. That's a lot of money, yeah. $400. And then what? And when, Andrew when refused. The 30s. 30s, but yeah. we're going to start. And he chased the priest off his property. <laughs> and from what I understand, he never stepped foot in church again. Oh, because money. Me. And I know the church wasn't forcing him to pay the $400. I'm sure they would have taken anything, mm-hmm. but that was kind of like what they were asking. Right. Right. But no matter what, he wasn't going to give him a dime. No. They could have asked for a dollar. Way. That's the same way I feel. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's good to give if you can. And he obviously could, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, he didn't want to. Exactly. In 1923, Andrew got even more mad when they raised the taxes for the school that was being built. <laughs> it was $12.26 on a $1,000 valuation. And what was so house, house worth? the Kehoe farm was valued at ten grand. Maybe you can make sense of that because I don't understand. So how much per twelve dollars on a thousand dollars? And how much was it worth? Ten. Ten thousand. Yeah, so it'd be twelve hundred, right? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, because of his anger about the taxes, he decided to become a trustee on the school board for three years and the school board treasurer for one. He would argue about lowering the taxes to determine to the detriment of the school. And I'll get into how that all went in a minute. So do you remember that episode I did of John List, the guy that killed his whole family? Oh, yeah. Remember um, how he uh, would mow his lawn in a full suit? Yep. This guy would do the same thing. Except for he he lived on a farm. He would farm in a full suit. What? Yes. He would full suit and tie. Why? But he also didn't. Because he's a weirdo. <laughs> he didn't like to get dirty. So the second any grime, he'd run home and wash up. Oh, my God. Yeah. He lives on a farm. Yes. Mm. And he farmed the land. Mm. But the second he got dirty, he'd go clean wash himself. Up. Yeah. The, oh, my God. Yeah. That that got the neighbor's attention. I'd say. Not only what a fucking that, weirdo. but Andrew liked to have things his way and would argue and fight with anybody who tried to disagree. He shot his neighbor's dog. Because in Andrew's words, he was a nuisance by barking. What an asshole. Yep. Narcissistic? Probably. Yeah. He also had beaten a horse to death because it didn't perform the way he wanted it to. Oh, my God. Now, that's two cases of animal cruelty. And actually, I forgot to mention, um, when he lived with his dad in his 30s, yeah. he killed his little sister's cat. So, killing animals. Yep, that seems so. Yeah. He well. shows signs for a while. And I don't even know. There's no idea of like how he treated his wife behind closed doors right. nobody knows right and who knows maybe he was fine that's why he exploded mm. and explodes and everything else who beats a horse because it's not working hard enough for you? you know what i mean i don't know mean person well andrew was on the school board he would butt heads with everyone mostly though the superintendent ee e. hayek when hayek was asked for a summer vacation andrew was the one person to vote now <laughs> he would constantly forget to give his paycheck <laughs> yep he even tried to bar him from the school board meetings. Oh my god! Yeah, the other members like had to. I guess because he was a superintendent, he the members had to be like, no, he's legally obligated to be at these meetings. He's yeah, a superintendent well, of the I think school. He doesn't want to pay his salary. Is, is yeah. Problem. And Andrew told Hayek he could sit there, but he wasn't allowed to talk. Uh, well, so he's a control freak. Yeah, narcissistic. Yep. So he is mad at the school for the taxes, but he becomes part of the school board. Right? So, yeah, but he's trying to get the taxes, Control. probably. Yeah. 
1925, Andrew was appointed to temporarily fill the position of town clerk after the current one died. In 1926, when he ran for the permanent position, he was defeated. And, like, that shot him off the deep end. Right. Because he right. said, oh. I lost. I lost. This town has turned its back on me kind oh, of thing. no. I lost. And you guys don't, don't know anything. Uh, because I should have won. Right. And then another thing that happened in 1926 was that the taxes were raised again. In 1922, his tax liability was $122. So it wasn't $1,200. It was 122 and in 1926, it was 198. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Well, mine came out to 120,000, but that was because I didn't put my decibels in. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, 100. So $200. On top of all that, uh, Nellie had been sick and she was in and out of the hospital. Yep. She had symptoms where it could have been TB or like a severe asthma. Yeah. Either way, she was in and out of the hospital and could no longer work on the farm. Oh. So that meant neither would Andrew and the farm started going downhill. Uh, I don't think he really did work. <laughs> right. If he's running in, cleaning up. In June of 1926, Nellie's family, after giving them years of extensions on the mortgage, yep. began foreclosure ex- uh, proceedings. Mm-hmm. Sheriff Fox, the one who served Andrew the foreclosure papers, would later say that Andrew muttered, if I hadn't been for that $300 school tax, I might have paid off this mortgage. <gasps> See? Yep. See? He hadn't paid the mortgage in years, and the school tax didn't even come in effect till 1922. Oh, my God. So he's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. People and people. It's just... like he was looking for a reason to be mad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like one of those people that just is mad about it. Yeah. yeah. Just like the guy we were just talking about. Nellie's aunt would later say that Andrew told her that, quote, if I can't live in that house, no one else will, end quote. Oh. Everything in 1926 seemed to have brought Andrew to the point in our story where things will get dark and bad. The betrayal of the town for not electing him, the foreclosure, the taxes, his wife costing him money. It all like stewed in his head. Everybody's like evil soup. leeching off yep. of me. Before we get into the rest of our story, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll hear why Andrew Kehoe is considered the biggest asshole of all time. back what do you think of the story so far um i can say that people should have stopped him before any of this this is yeah. ridiculous right he's got to kill so many animals there during that time there was a lot of farmers that did that anyway, yeah but they beat their horses to death and stuff yeah yeah kill your neighbor's dog if there was a late was she in the state of maine or was it just the united states she was a ranger mm-hmm. and she'd go around and um and kind of be like the SPCA. Oh, really? And say and take pictures and wrote on the back of every single picture. And we're talking like the 1920s. Oh, really? Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, ready? I am. Oh. Back in the story? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> After the disappointing showing in the election, Andrew seemed to have given up altogether. He stopped working on the farm and it went to disarray. It got so bad that neighbors started to think that Andrew was going to commit suicide. <laughs> Little it, do they know. Right? Andrew ended up giving his neighbor a horse in April 1927, but the neighbor gave it back because he was afraid Andrew was going to kill himself. So he's like, no, no, no. Like, he maybe it hoping it, that he didn't right. want to do that. Well, little did he know he probably should have killed himself. Mm. Andrew mm. had free access to the school building during the summer of 1926. 
From the summer of 1926 until the fall of 1926, before the kids came back to school, Andrew was doing work at the school all alone. So what is he trying to pay for at this time? No, he's just doing like electrical work, work stuff like that. Closed on his house, they couldn't. Not yet. They were doing proceedings, but they couldn't take that in exchange. Yeah, who knows? Mm. He was not going to pay them. Mm-mm. He was buying pyrotol. Pyrotol is an explosive that farmers used uh, used to use for blowing up stumps and clearing land. Uh-huh. At the time, Andrew didn't have a car because this was 1926 and not everybody had one. Nope. So he had to get rides from his neighbors. At first, it wasn't something that anybody thought because that's what farmers used. Mm-hmm. So, but, but he kept getting it. Yeah. After a while, though, and a few more rides, the neighbors started to think it was odd he was buying so much. And they would hear explosions mm-hmm. at his house. Thinking he's using yeah. it. Yeah. So um, once he was able to get his own truck, he started making the trips on his own. Oh, my God. He bought so much. On top of going to sports goods stores in Lansing to buy dynamite. And in December 1926, Andrew purchased a 30 caliber Winchester rifle. Mm. I suppose it's just like it, this hindsight's is a, 2020 and we know all this now because of the investigations and stuff. Yeah, but they didn't have cameras. No. They didn't have traces when you sold the firearm. And pyro- I don't think so. No. I mean, and who? he's a farmer. He's in rural. You're going to need a... a uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Winchester. Everybody yeah. had him hanging on there over the fireplace. Nellie was discharged from the hospital on May 16th, and from that moment on, nobody saw her alive again. <gasps> he killed her, too? Yeah. Oh. It's unknown which day he killed her, but he murdered her sometime between uh, May 16th to May 18th. Would he blow her up? No. I, I honestly... It doesn't say. You don't know. You don't know. Because of how she was found. Ugh. I would assume that it was probably as soon as she got home, because he had a bunch of stuff to prepare for, and he didn't need her getting in the way. Yeah, so probably. probably the day she got home. Oh, After Andrew woman. murdered his wife, he went on preparing his property to destroy so no one could ever use it again. Oh, my God. He cut all his wire fencing. He girdled the trees. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. So it's a technique that kills woody plants in place without cutting them down. You uses a sharp tool to cut through the bark of the woody plant yep. in a strip all the way around the stem yep. down to the wood. This serves the vascular cambium of the woody plant and cuts nutrient flow between the foliage and the roots. Yep. So it cuts a, a yeah. whole. You take the bark off, I'm yep. assuming. Yep. I didn't know there was a name for it. but Yeah, and you cut it deep. Yep. Um, he also cut all his grapevine plants and then put them back so it didn't look like they were cut. <laughs> yeah. He gathered up all his tools and put them in the shed. After he finished preparing the farm, he then prepared his truck. He put a bunch of nails and debris in the back of his truck for shrapnel, turning it into a bomb, basically on wheels. He also so bought- he, he still he does not have any children. No, no. Okay, that's why he's mad about the tax. He he doesn't have kids. Why should he yeah, pay school tax? I figured as much. Um, he also bought new tires for his truck so it wouldn't break down on his many trips to get dynamite, mm-hmm. bringing it back and forth mm-hmm. to his house and to the school. Holy shit! At exactly. <clears throat> excuse me. Jeez. 8.45 a.m. on May 18, 1927, there was an explosion at the Kehoe Farm. Andrew had detonated firebombs in his house and farm buildings, causing a massive fire on the property. So send all the fire trucks to his house. He had tied up his horses in the barn <gasps> so they couldn't escape. He tied them in and then tied their legs up so they couldn't run. Oh, my. F- okay, so this when- guy is fucking and um, when they found him, that's how they found the horses later in the barn with their legs, like All stuff tied on up. Yeah. 
like I said, he's the biggest asshole. <laughs> oh my god! Well, ugh. during the explosion, some debris rained down on the neighbor's hen house. So that's how big of an explosion yeah. is. Yeah. Neighbors seeing the fire rushed to the farm and tried to look for survivors. Said they crawled through a broken window and found dynamite in the living room. They threw that out of the house. <sighs> While they were fighting the fire, they saw Andrew leaving the farm. He told them they should probably get to the school. Seconds later, there was an explosion at the school. Uh, thank God. Classes at the Bath Consolidated School began at 8.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. A long stream of kids entered the building looking forward to summer. Little thank did they God know. It wasn't the big, I, thank what God was, it wasn't full. Go ahead. Uh, it was. Well, how many people? All of them. <sighs> 286. Yeah, he didn't, that, not all who died. Right. Andrew had Kehoe had set an alarm clock in the basement of the north wing of the school. It was set around 845. I think it's a little more likely, though, that it was later because 845 is when the explosion happened at the farm. Yep. So it was after. Yep. Because rescuers were heading to his house when, when they heard that- the explosion from the, fa- at the school. So they turned around and headed to the school. <sighs> the alarm clock was attached to dynamite and pyrotol. When that went off, it literally lifted and brought down the north wing of the school. Mm. So it lifted it up and brought it back right, down. Right. 38 people were killed in the initial explosion. Jeez. So how many explosions in that one school? Um, I think just the one. Of those 38, it was mostly children. Mm-hmm. hundred men worked tirelessly to pull debris of the school to find survivors. Like they were pulling, trying right, to get it right. out. The roof. A quote from one of those men was, quote, I saw more than one woman lift clusters of brick held together by mortar, heavier than an average man could have handled without a crowbar, end quote. So, like, you hear about stories like that of a mother Your lifting. adrenaline takes over. Yeah, all these parents oh, yeah. came running, yep. trying to find their kids. Yep. There's stories oh. of, I didn't put it in here, but a mother laying, uh, sitting on the grass by the school with a kid in her lap and two dead kids next to her. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> A quote from first grade teacher Bernice Sterling was, quote, the explosion was like an earthquake. The air seemed to be full of children and flying dust and books. Children were tossed high in the air. Some were even catapulted out of the building, end quote. Oh. The north wing of the school had collapsed with the edge of the roof on the ground. And there were children stuck under the roof. So the top, like it came yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. A guy named Ellsworth volunteered to drive back to his farm to get heavy rope to try to lift the roof. While he was heading to his farm for the rope, Ellsworth passed Andrew driving in the direction of the school. While he passed Andrew, Andrew waved and smiled. And Ellsworth said that he smelled so big he could see both rows of his teeth. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, Andrew. I can't imagine what his face looked like, though. It must have been a crazed look. Andrew drove to the school. He, uh, half an hour after the explosion, in 45, about after um, the explosion on his barn. When he got there, he called over Superintendent Hayek. Hayek walked over to Andrew's truck. And he blew him up. Charles Hawson watched from a distance and testified later that they saw the two men fighting over a long gun in the truck. So it was that shotgun he bought. Yeah. Seconds later, the truck exploded. So they both died. Yeah. Killing Andrew and Hayek. Among those two, though, uh, Nelson McFerrin, who was helping try to save children, an eight-year-old Chloe Clayton, who had survived the initial oh, explosion, God. was wandering around the yard when a piece of shrap metal from his truck struck and killed her. Like I said, he's the biggest asshole. He, he put that stuff in the back dick. of the truck on purpose. Yep. Telephone operators stay late at work for hours to summon doctors, undertakers, hospital workers, and anybody else who helped. Because they had the... The plug-in, and there's yeah. probably only two of them. For yeah, the they stayed late. Mm-hmm. Local physician um, 
What a J.A. Crum and his wife, who was a nurse, both served in World War One, were there to help, and they turned their drugstore into a triage. Um, Thirty-four firefighters and its chief from Lansing, 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 Lansing came to help. The dead bodies were brought to the town hall, which was being used as a morgue. Ugh, Hundreds of people worked kids. in the wreckage all day and into the night trying to find survivors. Mm. The Lawrence Baking Company of Lansing sent a truck filled with pie and sandwiches to serve people. So, yeah, no, it's like they said it was like a war zone. Mm -hmm. During the search of survivors, they found an additional 500 pounds of dynamite, which had failed to detonate under the south wing of the school. So they had to stop. There could have been more. Mm -hmm. He meant to blow up the whole school. Right, right. The um the they had to stop. He wasn't a very good electrician. I guess not. (laughs) They think so. What is it? So the after problem. the police had to come and disarm it. Jeez. So they. So I, how many tons did they, or how many pounds? If five hundred was on one side, I'm assuming five hundred because it exploded. So they. And but I'm many, assuming a thousand pounds. And how many? Um, how many pounds would you say per trip that he was bringing? Good back question, and forth though, right? Until he know. was doing it by himself. He was doing well. The pyrotol, he wasn't getting. He got dynamite on his own. But the pyrotol, I don't even know what that is. I think it. I'm assuming it's a liquid. Pyrotol. Yeah. How, how do you P- P- pyro? Yeah. T O L. So, um, the recovery started after they were able to clear all that dynamite, and whatever it was. The next place the police went was the Keogh farm. They searched all over. The state thinking that maybe Nellie was in the hospital. And she's dead. That a day after the explosions, Nellie's remains were found in a wheelbarrow in the rear of the chicken coop. So he put her, he killed her and put her in a wheelbarrow. And that was it. Well, with Nellie's body was a metal box filled with her hospital bills <gasps> and tax bills. What a fucking dick. He's an asshole. <laughs> He's the worst person I've ever talked about. Pyrotol. Is a catalyst developed for selective di, uh, dehydrogenation and dealkylation of pyrolysis gas is it <laughs> to high purity benzene liquid? Um, it it's liquid. It's liquids obtained as a byproduct ethylene production. Okay. Was an explosive available for a time yeah. after World War One. So yeah. this is where all of this is where they begin to think Andrew did this because, besides being a complete asshole, he was pissed. Yeah, because he had money. To pay so much money. Don't get married. Right. Live the, out of out of the village. Right. You know. On the farm fence, they found a suicide note of sorts. All from it him? said was, "Yeah, from him." Yeah. It said, "Criminals are made, not born." So he, it's already, it's always somebody else's fault. He's saying, yeah. Well, that isn't that a narcissist? Oh, big time. Somebody's fault all the time. And it's always about me and I'm always right. Okay, gotcha. The Red Cross set up operations in the Crumb drugstore and got donations to help with medical bills of survivors and the burial cost for those who did not make it. It came to $5,284, which would be 80 grand in today's money. Yeah. Which isn't that much. I mean, I'm thinking. The reason why this isn't very well known is because something else happened in the days following that overshadowed it. Charles Lindbergh's transatlantic uh, crossing. Yeah. yeah, the crossing received way more attention and news coverage than the Bath School did. That's too bad. Newspapers that did cover it called Andrew Kehoe a maniac, man, ma- madman, and fiend. 
which I do not agree. I mean, with I don't disagree with. A fiend? Oh, yeah. Yeah, fiend, no. yeah. What was left of Andrew was claimed by one of his sisters. What like, was left? I don't know. Pieces of him. Because <laughs> they said they found like pieces of him here and there and everywhere. Uh, what does his sister say? She took his body and he's buried in like an unmarked grave somewhere. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they would trash it. Yeah. People would trash it. Oh, yeah. Um, he killed his wife, like I said, but nobody knows exactly how. So Because her body say. was burned up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. And this hopefully was, the animals all yeah. got no, we exploded. Killed I know, but yeah. hopefully the explosion yeah. killed them before the fire. So, um, on the Saturday after the massacre, over 100,000 cars came through Bath. In a time when having a car wasn't that common, over 100,000 cars mm-hmm. came There's through the There's probably weekend. only five that lived in town. Right. <laughs> on, um, in a time, yeah, like I said, some of them were looky-loos, some were to offer condolences. So when people, like I said, say true crime now, 100,000 people went to the place to see it. <laughs> they, didn't have really, they didn't have too many radio shows right? about the, it. Well, I know what I mean. <laughs> so they also went to his house so they could, you know, see the destruction, see the, oh, everything. Yeah. What do we do? Like we that. go up to Stephen people, King's house. Yeah. I, I drive by the Dingman's place. They take. They were taking pieces of uh, the school and stuff like oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, it's a souvenir, yep. I'm sure. So stop asking true crime podcasters why now. It's always been this way. Yes. yes. Funerals for all the victims started Friday, two days after the massacre, and lasted until Sunday. That's how many victims. The coroner arrived the day after the massacre and swore in six community leaders that afternoon to serve as a jury for an inquest. The testimony happened on May 19th, and the inquest started on May 23rd. More than 50 people testified before the jury. Neighbors testified that had he had been wiring the buildings in the Keyhole Farm and was evasive as to why he was doing it. Andrew's neighbor, Sidney J. Howell, testified that after the fire started on the Keyhole Farm, Andrew came up to him and said, boys, well, him and two other guys, boys, yeah. you are my friends. You better get out of here. You better go down to the school. There was never any doubt that Andrew was the one who did it all, but the inquest was determined if like, the school board mm-hmm. or anybody was at fault. Right. To edge him on. Neg- or- negligence. Right. After the week, the jury exonerated everybody. Of course. At the time of the inquest, Andrew was determined to be the one and only perpetrator of the crime. He murdered 43 people in total and killed himself, making the total death of this massacre 44. Mm-hmm. So three months after bombing, Beatrice Gibb di- died following surgery, making this 45 total from the Basco massacre, like directly That's related. Sh- How many days? 35? 35 what? Days that she lived after three months, three months. Yeah. Oh my so I God. think she died of like an infection, infection or home. yeah. School went back to normal on September 5th, 1927, but was held in community hall, township hall and two retail buildings on September 15th, Michigan Senator James cousins presented a check from himself, like not from the no, government, nothing. personal check, $75,000, Holy shit. which is over $1 million in today's money to help build a new school. Oh. And they named it after him. Called of course they the did. James Cousins Agricultural School. And Don't that name it after a hero. Built, well, I mean, I guess he gave uh, all the money uh, himself out of his own you know, account. Okay. So that was dedicated on August 18th, 1928. And the Keyhole Farm was completely pl- plowed over to ensure that no explosions were hidden in the ground. Did was they sold at least option. plant garden? No, they sold it. The property. Did, did they? In 1975, the Cousins building was demolished 
It was redeveloped as the James Cousins Memorial Park and was dedicated to the victims. In 2002, so what? 20 years ago? Yeah, but like... Oh, after the... Not 80 years later. 80 years later, yep. A bronze plaque with the names of the victim was placed on a large stone at the entrance of the park. I don't want to read them all, but these are all the names of the victims. Holy shit. So like third grade... Almost as bad as Vietnam. Vietnam. Third grade, sixth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, like 11, 9, you know, 13... All these young kids, Jeez. children, a teacher who was 21, and then one, two, three, four, five people killed by the truck bombing, including him. Jeez. So. How sad. Right? How sad. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I don't know. I just don't Never heard it. of it, right? Never heard and of it. And still to this day considered the largest school Shooting massacre. in its time. Well, mass, like. Massacre. Bombing, I guess. I don't know. Right. Right, because like, most of ours have been shootings. Yeah. Well, once guns come into this. I know. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the listening platforms you use. Also, follow us on Facebook and TikTok at the Macabre Family Podcast. Also on Instagram, Macabre Family. You can shoot us an email at macabrefamilypod at gmail.com. Give us a five-star review where you can because it all helps us out a ton. As always, stay spooky. Bye. Bye.